Welcome to a live and active life, broadcasting encouragement to live your daily life with God's help and inspiration to reach for more of God by faith. Join Brenda Wolf for today's practical insights. Would you say your life matters? You have great value. God intends you to have an alive and active life. Did you know Scripture teaches specific qualities of that kind of life? How do you define an alive and active life? What qualities go into that lifestyle? Perhaps words like involved, proactive, positive, cheerful, hopeful, informed, healthy, engaged. Maybe add good decisions, helping others, integrity, excellent character. Now pick four or five words that describe how you interact and problem solve. God is an alive and active God. He intends people to be like Him. After all, He created us in His image. Even with a broken world, that gives us a blueprint. In fact, being alive and active is the original design of creation. It's your original design. An alive and active life is something you can aim for and practice and measure. Every person can. You can have an alive and active life. God values you and He loves you. He made you in His image. Psalm 8 verses 5 and 6 say amazing things about you, about all people. Here are some of them. God made people a little lower than the angels. It also says He crowned them with glory and honor. Then it goes on to say that God intended people to rule over His creation. And finally, He says that He put everything under their feet, everything under the feet of human beings. Did you know that this is how God thinks of you and designed your life? This information is significant. It's a game changer. Let's look at each one of those statements one at a time. We said that from Psalms 8, God says people are a little lower than the angels. Did you know that God thinks of you in this way, a little lower than angels? Angels are powerful, great, and beautiful beings that carry out God's ways. They worship Him because they get who He is. In some scripture versions, believe it or not, the phrase, you have made him, mankind, a little lower than the angels, is worded like this. I'm going to give you six, I think, six different versions of how that is worded. Number one, you have made him a little lower than God. Two, a little lower than you yourself, referring to God. Three, you made them almost like gods. Four, a little lower than the heavenly beings. Five, made him a little less than divine. And six, you placed him just beneath God. Wow! 
You have made him, mankind, a little lower than the angels. Does that not grab your attention? Talk about incredible value. This is how God sees you and me. Your design is modeled after God's. Well, that was the first phrase, a little lower than the angels. The second was crowned with glory and honor. Various versions of Scripture say, You have crowned him, mankind, with glory and honor. Or some of them use words like splendor, beauty, majesty, or greatness. God made you like this. Are you living in this knowledge? Do you see yourself like God sees you? If not, why not? I'm not talking about having a prideful self-image. I'm talking about a humble awareness of who God designed you to be. And I'm talking about agreement with God regarding the highly sophisticated functions that you are to carry out. Your life has value. Your life matters. So how can you be this kind of person with honor and glory, splendor, beauty, majesty, and greatness? You may need to change the way you see yourself. Okay, so that was the second statement that God made in Psalm 8 about mankind. The third one is that He made mankind to rule over His creation. Did you know that this is part of your life purpose? If you are like me, you feel rather small compared to the huge globe and the complicated creation. But God doesn't intend for you to be Superman or Wonder Woman. God intends you to be the best you possible, and He intends to help you do that. Is that your intention? Do you trust God, obey Him, and seek His input in your daily decisions? Do you honor other people? What about the environment? Are you ruling your own property in a way that cares for His creation and our climate? Do you promote the health of His earth, skies, and seas? What about the soil? Emissions into the air. How are you ruling your part of the earth? That was the third portion, and it's right from the Psalms, Psalm 8. The fourth statement that God makes about mankind is that He has put everything under our feet. Life sometimes feels way too big, and you get tired. What does it even mean to manage everything under your feet? Well, let's start with your personality and skill sets, your family and friends, your job and community influences. What about your aspirations and dreams of what you could accomplish? These are all ways that you manage what is under your feet. Your life has great purpose. Your life matters. As you navigate each day, there are things that you can do to put everything under your feet. Maybe it would help to think of this as responding with wisdom and grace to each person and each activity that you have influence over. Most of all, it means that God made you for Himself. He wants relationship with you. Here are four ways that you can manage what is under your feet. 
The first thing is healthy thinking. The second, hold to truth that you already know. Three, to set boundaries with others who lack integrity. And four, to trust God's timing. Those four ways of managing what's under your feet are important because they actually help you to engage an alive and active life. We're going to look at each one of those four with a little more detail. The first one was, what is healthy thinking? Philippians 4 helps to define healthy thinking with a thinking grid. It goes something like this, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, praiseworthy, and excellent. So first, the first thing to do to engage healthy thinking is to go through that list and put everything you think and say through it. Is what I'm thinking right now true? Is it noble? Is it lovely? Is what I'm saying admirable? Is it right? Is it praiseworthy? Etc. And then get rid of the negative, critical, angry thoughts and words. That's the first thing that we can do to have a healthy way of thinking each day. The second way to have healthy thinking is to ask practical questions to define and to roll out the dimensions of your life. You still use the thinking grid for this, but it really affects every single thing you do all day long, every week of the year. Let me just pose some of these questions to you. Number one, what movies do I watch? Number two, what friends have I picked? Three, what books am I reading? Four, where do I surf on my device? Five, what do I let into my head? Number six, what attitudes and moods do I choose? Number seven, do I insist on replacing negative, critical, angry character with character that pleases God? The next one is, how much time do I spend reading scripture, memorizing it, praying it into my heart? And then finally, who do I invite to speak into my life? Whose life do I want to influence? And whose influence should I boot out of my life? So those are some practical questions that you can ask yourself using the thinking grid from Philippians 4. And that's kind of the second step. So the first step, again, was to engage healthy thinking by um, using the grid to measure everything that goes through your brain and comes out of your mouth, and then to get rid of the negative, critical, angry thoughts. And then the second thing was to ask all of those practical questions to make sure that what you're doing is congruent with Philippians 4 thinking grid. So that's the first thing, a little more detail on what is healthy thinking. The second one is hold to truth you already know. It helps to remember that truth comes from God's Word. Anything that agrees with Scripture is truth, no matter where you find it. Knowing God's Word helps you to assess things. So you need to spend time in God's Word if you're going to know it. And then you can use it to measure everything else that comes your way in the course of your day, in the course of your year, and your lifetime. 
Here are some quick reminders of truths in God's Word. God loves you so much. Another one is that Jesus became a human like you. And he lived without sin and died to take punishment for sin onto himself and away from you. Then, another one is that Jesus rose from the dead, accomplishing his life purpose. He wants you to accomplish your life purpose, too. Let's go on. He went into heaven, and he rules all creation, and he is inviting you. He's hoping that you will rule your portion of creation, too, because it was part of your original design. And then, let's go on. Jesus sent his Spirit to live inside every believer. He is living in you if you have chosen Jesus. Again, another one is he's coming back as promised. Okay, so that could influence everything. And you know what? He could come back today. And then the final one is that God's Word contains action steps and excellent teaching to use every single day in even the smallest, most practical details that you have to address. So that's number two. Hold to truth that you already know. Just keep that in your brain and remember, that stuff isn't going to change. The third thing is to set boundaries with others who lack integrity. Scripture urges to set boundaries with people who live for their own pleasure, who mock or make fun of others and God's ways. Psalm 1-1 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. Other people have direct influence over you. Carefully choose your influencers. Jesus guarded his heart and did not sin. He wants that same boundary for you. At the same time, he loves and values all people. He doesn't have favorites. Jesus is on a mission to take back anyone who will respond from the enemy who tricked them. And he wants you to partner in this work. So let's reevaluate our relationships and their purposes. Let's set boundaries with scoffers who lack integrity and who make fun of others and God's ways. So that was number three. Set boundaries with those who lack integrity. And then number four, the final point that we made is that we should trust God's timing. Sometimes you have done exactly what you should have. Maybe you've served, sacrificed, stayed the course, and yet you still wait for results. Where's the harvest? Will God keep His word? God will always keep His word. Whether it's the second coming of Jesus or simply blessing you with the harvest that you labored for, there is timing involved. God is fully engaged, aware, and working where we cannot see. His thoughts and ways and timing are not ours. 2 Peter 3 verse 8 says, With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. God sees results differently than we do, but He also sees your hard work. God is faithful to Himself. He's faithful to His promises, and He is faithful to you. 
He will bring both results and rewards as you accept the wisdom of His timing. This isn't so much about Him as it is about you and me. What kind of character are we practicing as we serve God each day and trust Him for results and timing? Are we patient like He is? Psalm 37.4 says that God will give the desires of your heart if you first delight in Him. Guess what? This defines living an alive and active life. Here are some application questions and thoughts so that you can have an alive and active life. I have five of them. The first one is, do you remind yourself each day of God's deep, rich love for you? He loves you so much. Number two, did you know that God made you a little lower than the angels? Three, are you living within the glory and honor He gave you? Four, are you ruling your portion of His creation in a way that pleases Him? Number five, how are you managing what's under your feet? Remember, to engage healthy thinking, hold to truth that you already know. Set boundaries with others who lack integrity and trust God's timing. God wants you to have an alive and active life. You've been listening to Brenda Wolf with Alive and Active Life. Visit our website at www.aliveandactivelife.org, your web-based home for resources including books and ebooks, libraries of articles, podcasts, shareable images, and more as you navigate life's challenges and issues. Sign up on our email list to stay current with the tools you need to be the person God designed, living an alive and active life.